Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell, the podcast. It is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken 00. Quick shout out to Toyota Jamaica and, of course, my amazing partners like Spaces that helped to put this beautiful space together. Concepts, my official production partners. Beauty brands by MDS, Breche and Go Shore Couriers. Thank you guys for coming on board and just for believing in the vision and for believing in the impact that this podcast I hope certainly has. I've seen the comments, I've seen the DMs, I've seen the feedback, the reviews, the ratings and what can I say? You have a girl blushing. You have a girl feeling good about herself. If you are new to the space, if you're new to the tribe, hi, I'm Terry Carell and you can find me at Terry Carell across all social media platforms. You can always visit my website to find out more. And if you think there is someone who you know has an amazing story and deserves to be in the redirection seat, you can go ahead on my website, click on the Contact Us tab and let me know who it is you're nominating and we will see if we can make it happen. And of course, during all the conversations, don't forget to use the hashtag TK Redirection so that I can keep abreast of what is going on. So as usual, you always ask me, then if this week was so good or if last week was so good, who come in this week? Well... I hope you will agree that the person I am about to introduce and invite into the seat is a powerhouse. Vocally, she hits a stage, she leaves everything on the line, she's always bubbly and brilliant and bold, and she lights up any room. But her life and her journey is a story of resilience and really having to do the work. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the one and only Nikisha Barnes. Can't wait to talk to her. Season two of the Redirection with Terry Carell podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken 00. Hi, my honey bunny. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It's a big laughing ass. How <laughs> are you, Nikisha? I am. I told you earlier, I'm tired, but I'm feeling grateful. Aren't you always? I, I, I think I said to you, that you are the only person who look at me and say, Terry, I'm tired, you see? <laughs> and it's like she smiles from ear to ear and you don't believe her because you always have a spirit of gratitude. Were you always like this? I, I've always been like this. I think it comes with knowing that what you've been through, you didn't go through it alone. Hi. Yeah, man, there was coverage. And because if you had gone through it by yourself, you wouldn't have come out on the sunshiny side. Oh my goodness. So I come out knowing that I've been protected and I am protected. And you will be. And I will be protected. So there's a spirit of gratitude mm -hmm. that you're not alone. I love that. And yeah. by the way, thank you for agreeing to sit in the redirection seat. It is always like good that. to catch up. Nice. Me like life. it. Me like it for you. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Thank you. We you wanted to. You deserve this. Wow. 
I yeah. appreciate that. We wanted to create a space that would be warm. That if I call you and say, listen, I want to have a little, uh, not even interview, but conversation, it would feel as if yeah. you're coming into my little, in your li- little you know, my world. little world. It does feel warm. Thank you. It feels inviting. And it feels like I don't have to be anything else but me. And that's, that's all I want from you. I want yeah. you to be you. And so for many of us, and I have listeners who are listening on their podcast. I have people who are watching via YouTube. Um, there are many people who've been redirected or yes. are being redirected. And they're trying to figure out how to navigate it. Yeah. Like, how do we deal with it? How do we get over the why me now and realize it's happening to you now? Because there's a bigger plan for you later on. For you... You might have been going about your merry little way, <laughs> doing your thing. Nobody never know you. But in 2006, yeah. your life would have changed because you went from obscurity mm-hmm. to TV personality yes. and talent. So talk to me about 2006 when you become a name, yeah. a contender, a competitor on the most watched um, talent show in Jamaica, Digital Rising Stars? Oh, geez. Um, um, when that first appearance happened, yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking about the cameras because nobody can prepare you for that. So I was literally there going, I want to, I want to a- enter the music realm. I want this. I don't want to make... I want to utilize this opportunity and make the very best of it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the outcome. If I make it to the very top, then persons that I've always wanted to connect with in terms of the music industry, I'll have access to yes. that room, to that space. So I wasn't thinking about the cameras. In fact, I was so green that I was, I'd went with all of my excitement, with my full pack of them ready. I was like, let's do this. So nobody can prepare you that there are going to be times when you, you may have to, again, adjust yourself mm-hmm. a bit, mm-hmm. package yourself. There was no preparation for that. But I was very excited. Were you nervous? Because I've been on so many of the auditions. I've seen so many people <laughs> come in, so many talented people yeah. who, under the pressure of having this talent, singing at church, mm-hmm. coming before judges, having audience, you know, people just walk off the road and, you know, they know that Digital Rising Stars audition yeah. is taking place. So they know, come and this set Your up man. shop because they want to know, see how you perform. You said you were excited. You didn't use the word scared nervous anxious no. how come i grew up singing in front of us uh, listen i talk a backtrack i'm i'm from arnett gardens yes. i grew up in a space where my brothers had me performing in what we call dance hall spaces early juggling people yes. get it twisted me never did a dance later night <laughs> but like the early juggling section so i was very accustomed to performing being mm-hmm. on so i wasn't nervous about that what made me nervous now was then when you get to the television component of it, because I'm always in crowd singing. Yes. So that for me was, it felt natural. It felt, for me, it's a release. It's, it's I, I don't even, I've had to learn mm-hmm. that people go to therapy, people drink, people, but for me, it's music. It's how I let go, release my inhibitions. If there's something inside that I've been working on that I didn't have the language for, music and performance gave me the language Mm -hmm. so when i come off everything that i was afraid of i couldn't deal with i released that on the stage so it's my space for therapy 
So I've never been afraid in terms of being on stage. It's when now it's starting to get packaged that got me very afraid. Right. This is a new space yeah, for you. Yeah, this is a new space. It packaged. I have to be careful of saying certain things. What does a public appearance look like? Because... And even interviews. In, even, even people interviews, asking, asking you questions. And, you, and not being able to authentically just say, Lord, I can't bother and I'm tired. <laughs> now you have to frame it different to say, it's been a rough couple of weeks, mm -hmm. but I'm enjoying it. You're yes. you one can't say and I say, look here, my back hurt me. And about yeah, the ten person asked me that question. But yeah. hurt me. Yeah, but don't want me. beg people me money. Begging the money. Look here, me not going campaign. Me tired. Me no know about nobody else, mm -hmm. but me not ask one more single soul for vote for mm -hmm. not one more. No, you are not prepared for that. But the initial stages of the auditions, I was on cloud nine. I never care about nobody else. Me did so excited for can go sing in front of people. Made it ready. It's after yes. that the nerves started to kick in because now it became technical and mm -hmm. the singing aspect of it, the fun was being pulled away from mm -hmm. it because the, you were now being positioned to in a competition. And for me, singing was never a competition. Well, this was going to be my question for you. So what happens when something that you love, yes. something you're passionate about, yes. which I'm sure people who are watching or listening can, you know, they can relate to mm -hmm. that. And you now step into a space that you figured is going to amplify that passion. Yeah. But then life lives yes. and you kind of realize that what you think or what you envision, yeah. it, that's not exactly how it goes. And now the thing that you're passionate about, you realize that this is really a competition and there mm -hmm. are rules and terms and conditions, conditions and, and you now having to find songs that maybe were not songs that you, you like, like there you go. but that you would have to deliver at a very high level. Talk to me about processing Nikisha who sing for fun versus becoming Nikisha who has to become a part of the competition and to be a formidable competitor. I can be honest, I chose not to compete. Mm. I chose to stay in the love. If I started to compete my voice, you'd hear it in my voice mm. because I started to listen for the technical things. And I'm very fearful to go in the technical realm because most of us that come to the competition are not trained technically. So if you go in a space that you're not familiar for something that's amplified, you're going to fail. Mm. For me, I stayed in the comfort zone. I stayed in my strength. I enjoy singing. I enjoy emoting. I enjoy finding those pockets for therapy for me. Yeah. So when I took that mic, I forgot it was on TVJ. I brought myself back to my veranda, Donga Jungle, yes. back to where my family were sitting, and I performed. Because that was the strength. That's what I wanted to take to the television. And you wouldn't take it from me by putting me in a space that made me no uncomfortable. Right. And I had such a short space of time to give you my gifts. I didn't have the time to transition into being technical, into watching if the notes were right. Couldn't care less. When me come off, if the note never right, I just saw. <laughs> I just saw. You got to understand, you know, I'm in a classically trained. You yes. know, I'm going to have the because I'm going to take me to the stage. How did you deal with the judges? And, and, and in particular, for persons who are not familiar <laughs> with TVJ, uh, with Digital Rising Stars, it is very similar to American Idol. It's very similar mm -hmm. to the X Factor when, you know, there's usually this one judge who is extremely hard-hitting, yes. hard-cutting, <laughs> verbal... I mean, we're talking about verbal jabs. where TV. Yeah, whereas the host, a lot of the times, even when he delivers his... Uh, feedback i can feel the jerk the jerk which is why i hold the contestants or i hug so them give them a space so that comfort. they feel yeah. you know comfort you know in that was that difficult for you to process um and was there ever a comment made to you that shook you to the core brutally honest brutally honest no mm. i'm a junglist mm. 
I've been raised in a place where I hear negative comments from outside, from in the space almost every day. Yeah. So when I was there, for me, I had to channel that to say, you have the expertise. Mm -hmm. I'm going to receive your expertise. I refuse to allow that to damper what I came here to achieve because you're not. Take that chance from me, you know. Mm. I refuse you mm -hmm. anything we think you're going to do for mash up that chance when me get. Yes. Because as a wild card, I was called back. Correct. So for me, it's I'm going to give it everything. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to take the lessons that you're giving me and understand that your expertise comes because you've been in the field for a long time. They want to put you on the panel if you never made a sense. True. So you're most dead if you're a reason. True. What can I cultivate from what you have and help it to grow me to mm -hmm. go into where I need to go? I won't receive it as negative. I'm going to take it as a lesson learned and I'm going to work on my craft. So yeah, there were comments. Anthony told me brutally one Sunday, no more Mary J. Blige. I'm going to say, no, not like the man I tell. <laughs> not one more. Me tired of she for you too. Because you must can't sing something else. Come on, no girl. You can't always sad so. You must have two pint of joy in your life. So it's you, it's you filtering the message. Yes. Um, the meaning of the of message. The message and, and not taking and not anything else personally. Not anything personally. Recognizing the competition that mm -hmm. I was in. Mm -hmm. And understanding that I came for progress. And I came to build myself in a space. And if these are the persons that are on the panel that have the expertise to help me build, I'm going to take everything where you give me mm -hmm. if you think me not take it and run with it I lie you tell <laughs> and you mentioned the fact that you are a wild card I was a wild so card so for persons who again mm -hmm. um, just for purposes of persons who have never watched the show or you know you're not familiar uh, tons of people show up at the audition tons I mean we're talking about hundreds and thousands, thousands of, of people. people and then the judges have the very hard task of narrowing it down to a particular number of persons who will then go to the show Mm -hmm. But every now and then, they hold on to three or four people who were really close, but were not selected for the show. There you go. If anything happens, if anyone is eliminated, if the judges are asked to bring back someone, mm -hmm. they pick a wild card. And so, how did it feel for you? And I mean, and as soon as we finish the, the conversations around Digital Rising Stars, we're going to go back to Arnett Gardens. Yeah. How did you feel knowing that you were coming in as a wild card? Or that you realize, yeah. hmm, I never get it. You know, I, I love singing. People tell me that I can sing. Mm -hmm. I know I can sing. Yeah. But my name never call. I was in, crushed. You know, the first... I was crushed. I was oh. crushed. But I think I'm so grateful for my family. My mother said something that I, I've held on to for many years. She says, remember, it's voting. Mm. Remember, it's not your, just your talent. If other people have more persons voting for them, they're going to get through. Yeah. And I held on to that as I click competition. Mm -hmm. And I understood. So I wasn't crushed that, oh, I can't sing and people. No, no, no. It's a competition. Yes. Where people have to vote for you. And for me, no, it registered mm -hmm. that you're entering a space where, yes, you can sing. Yes, you have talent. But it requires people Community. to activate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, so me activate my jungle. I'm nice. You, man. Yeah, man. Nice. Kiki and I say, hey, if you don't want to see me on the TV, you know, I forgot. Vote exactly, Make the thing happen. yeah, and so it became now a conversation with the community. Mm -hmm. So you have to show up, and I recognize how important it was to come from a space where people show up for you because mm -hmm. I've never forgotten that. Mm -hmm. That my community showed up, mm -hmm. showed up so low that it, it transitioned across the island. Because if they did not show up, then that wild card I would have been voted off, yes. 
but they sh they were persistent beautiful and they kept showing up beautiful um there's something that you said that I, I saw an interview i think it was like one of those throwback interviews or during the pandemic when we were not in a, yeah. in a capacity to have the the live auditions and the live shows and so i believe sharon schroter who is the producer so, mm -hmm. you know she brought back interviews from the years yes. that you know you guys had entered i'm gonna say look nick watch nikisha young nikisha um and you know there was something that you said in one of the interviews that kind of stuck with me because um a lot of the things that we can't do is we can't shield ourselves from how people are yes and that when you enter the competition and you're doing very well right mm -hmm. and you are are you, you went all the way to the top two yes and it, the running joke is that it took three men it took a trio trio to, to beat you to, yes. the way you did <laughs> so well and i remember in one of your interviews um you alluded to the fact that but, but people the the, the, the public mm -hmm. can be so mean yeah and they go outside of it just being a friendly competition Tishan, where mm -hmm. you like this person because you think this the person, person is better yeah. but it becomes an attack on how you look look yes. an attack on who you are uh, and i want you to share with um with my community you know what that was like what were people saying and how were you able to even if you come from jungle yeah. even if you're a junglist even if you know that yeah. this is everyday liberty it's still a lot of negativity um, and insecurity being channeled towards you how uh, did you process it and what were some of the things that really made you go ouch so i think for me one of the i remember it so clearly it was my first time being the feature on the sunday gleaner mm. as in this red dress my hair was pulled back and it was um i had a mic in my hand and i fell in love with that girl yes because that girl was resilient and that girl was coming from a space where she had to fight and claw through to have her gifts be shared. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in a bus the Monday after the Sunday gleaner and a lady had the gleaner and I was glancing over. And, and you're then, smiling and, and you're beaming. I'm, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, girl. I mean, yeah, yeah, yo. And she ragged. She was ragging on the girl on the paper. I didn't look good. My head was big. My mouth was big. And I felt myself shrinking. Oof. She didn't even know I was sitting beside her. And this was another female ragging on me so bad that by the time the bus reached my destination, I literally felt myself coming out of my body. I said nothing to her. I said, blessed, good morning. And I came off the bus. While I was coming off, the conductor, because he's familiar with me, he looked at her and he said, you're not even know, because she was saying some holy personal stuff. And he said, they don't even know who you are talking about because Nikisha Bans just come off of the bus. Jesus. Eh? And I looked shame. at her and I just said, God bless you. And I come off. And she sat there with the paper in her hand. And when I was walking, I said to myself, who are you? Are you just the girl on the paper? Or are you this girl who's resilient and strong? You know you have to get up a man in time. You have to go to work. You have to take care of your son. You have mm -hmm. to help your family. Who are you? Are you going to be that girl who she's saying you are? And I said, I refuse her. Hmm. I refuse her. I'm refusing her for me. Yeah. For that little girl on the veranda that had those very big dreams about coming on that paper to yes. show our junglists that you can come on the paper to, you know. Yeah, and, it, and, and, it's can, in a, and it's in a good light. I was just about to say that you can come on the paper for your gifts. You can come in that paper to show that we have talent. Mm -hmm. We have strengths. We are not just criminals. We are not just people who are, do illegal activities. We are not dunce. We are not uneducated. You can come on that paper and stand as a light. And I said, I want to be that light. Yeah. And I knew it was going to be hard because I'm going to encounter women and people like her 
who may never know you but have their insecurities projected, projected on, on you. you. And I said, I'm not, I, I refuse to take her on. Mm-hmm. I won't even argue with you. I will have no comments to give back to you. And I do that the same thing on my social media even now. If you come on and you start, I just block and delete you. I'm not taking you on. I'm not going to respond. Amen. But now have no back and forth between me and you. I don't know you're from nowhere. You don't know me from nowhere. I respectfully take your comments. I'm but, take you off on my but page I reserve the right. Page. I reserve the right to have a page that gives back to people who have light, light. Absolutely. Not taking on the darkness. And that's how I've been dealing with mm-hmm. those situations in the space of music. Because it can be brutal. It can be ugly. And if you don't safeguard your heart. Hmm. And your peace. And your peace. Then those struggles and your journeys that you have to do in that personal space, you take on a whole plethora of issues and things and people that have nothing to do with you. Hmm. That was that woman and her insecurity in the bus. That was her feeling like she never looked good. That was her feeling like she can't come on the paper. That have nothing to do with me. So I'm not going to take you on. I you just said God that. bless you. I just said God bless on. you. Because whatever you're journeying through, mm-hmm. that bitterness, that darkness, that for you to publicly be trying to shame another female that you don't even know from anywhere, ma'am, you're I wish, hurting. Yeah, man, I you're wish hurting. you the best. Whatever yeah. you are struggling with, me know me can't take you on. Yeah, no. God bless you. I pray God heal anything where you are got you. I send you healing. Amen. Yeah, man, I'm done with you. God Amen. my business. Come here, look for my healing myself. I can share it with you. Amen. Let's so go. that's how I've been dealing with that. No, I, and I appreciate that. It's easier said than done, though. No, it's I think I, I've learned to do that because I realized that my family is also walking in a dream that they never asked for. Oof. And because they're coming with me on this journey, I have to be strong and I have to show them how to handle it. If it's going to get even bigger and more amplified, that means more people are going to join the hatred. Yes. You can't fight everybody. Do you get tired of being the leader? Yeah. Do you get tired of being the source of light yeah. and positivity? <laughs> and the reason why I ask this is because I think the older I've gotten is the more I've realized that the persons who are upbeat and energetic and they are the sources of light mm-hmm. and people gravitate towards them because they make people feel good. A lot of the times I realize it takes a lot of strength. It does. And it takes sustained strength. And a lot of the times when you hear things and you go, but how come? Because she was the, yeah, or man. he was the... Always smiling and laughing. Always. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so mindful that I now have to ask persons, especially the ones who I think are the lights. I ask, you know, how are you? Like, how are and you? Be, and be intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you get yeah. tired, where do you... How do you recover? How do you restore? How do you, yeah. restore? How do you recharge in order to then give back, give back in that, in and that to way. do the, the thing oh, that you are, are called you to do? You ask such a beautiful question. I have had to learn over the years to be very selfish with my self-time. Mm. At care zero. So in my car when I'm driving and people think you are being uppity, that's my time to me. Where I ask me, how am I doing? I don't need you to ask me because I am the only one who's going to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. So me could have smiled just a while ago and tell us I'm tired. With a smile, come and say, no, I'm grateful same time to me. So <laughs> I want to go around, you know. But when I'm alone, in, when I'm driving, yes. I, that five, ten minutes to myself, I cherish it. I, I cultivate time. Even if I'm going to work out, I always do it so nobody come for me. Even when I try to work out, that's my time. I lock myself away and I say, heart, you deserve to pump energetically yes. lungs you deserve to breathe properly yes skin you deserve to glow and i talk to my body because i'm cre- i'm carving out time for me mm-hmm. and if you don't do that as somebody who is energetic and alive and a light in rooms 
then you find you get depleted and you can't pour from a space where you're empty and you're frustrated. It's from your overflow. Of course. So I want to fill myself back up and then my connection with people. I'm very guarded about who I get connected to. I want to be restored and it's reciprocity. I can't always be pouring into you and you never Correct. pour back into or me. Or you're just taking, 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 you're just taking. taking. So I have to be mindful that as a giver, I need to have other persons around me who also are givers so hmm. they will give back to me and they're not just taking. You may have one or two takers in the circle, but you must have a, a good amount of persons who are also intentional about restoration. And mindful about your and well-being. And are able to tap in and know that when you look tired, so my sister is a key one. Yes. So I will give on stage and after, right after the stage, I, I people think it's, at, but I'm, I can't talk to anybody. I'm literally shaking. I'm I've fully seen it many shaking, times. and I need a minute to, to actually tell myself, "You're not on stage. Come down. Be still. You are all right. You know, lose your faculties and I'm mad. I need that time. But people think that when you do that, you're being uppity or you're being. It's, no, no, no. I literally will just start bawling. Yeah. And I need to just reconnect back to the room, you just need back time. to reality, back to time to say, you are at ease. Were you always this in tune with self, um, emotionally intelligent, um, attuned? Um, take me back to little Nikisha. Yeah. Um, the environment that she was grown in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and cite examples of, of where you've been versus where you are now. Wow. Um, I've always talked about the girl on the veranda. Yeah. That's the first full memory I have of me falling in love with music and falling in love with understanding people's emotions through my grandmother. So I, I've always been able to connect as a, I don't know if it's an, being an empath or being a creative, I've always been aware of who is around me and mm -hmm. what they're feeling. It's a gift and sometimes it feels like a curse because I can sense what's happening in the room around yeah. me. And even when I'm, so I'm projecting back forward, even if I'm on stage, I can read the room and I can feel it on the stage. And I may look at my sister and I flip my entire set to match the room. Mm -hmm. So I don't like when I'm going to a show and they, they have, they ask for set songs because you might go in the room and that's not what the room correct. needs. Correct, the correct. The room don't need that and they don't understand. So when you change that energy and you're trying to bring to that and the room atmosphere. is not asking for that, then you are up there and you feel, you as a, performer you feel alone because you know you're not connecting mm -hmm. so i often will change my set and i send my sister she go ahead and come in and she say the room feels so and so because she's also an empath and i said no 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 take out that song give me that one put that there da 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 fix right. that put that at the top i don't want that one there and i stand at the door and read the room and i say okay i'm starting with that instead you were always this bold always this decisive growing up no how do you, what caused you what made you learn these things I think being out on the road and deciding not to have somebody manage my career in that full way and wanting to learn because I've never wanted to be a performer. People always ask me, why is that what so weird? Mean? I've never wanted to be a performer. I've always wanted to produce. So I've wanted to produce music. I wanted to write music because in my mind, that little girl on the veranda was never meant for the stage. I was meant to be in the back. My face, why? You know? Why? I want yeah. to know I what tell is people it? Bad in the middle of everything. Yeah, man, we just get dark. I'm going to say, listen, you see where you're going with right so Boom, boom, boom. So that's the decisive. But when you're in the space as a product, oftentimes when you're that decisive, you're told you're too bold. Yeah. You're too this. So in the background, I can be that person. 
because I'm not the product at the front. So I've never wanted that. In fact, my brother, who was an artist, his name was Escobar at the time, I thought in my mind and I believed with all my heart that I was going to be his manager. Mm. Because as a product, I felt him being mismanaged and misused. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to learn the business of music to help persons like who I met, like my brother and I was also on a journey with Nesbet when I was young. Yes. To provide that for them. That person who was able to be bold, yes. to say to somebody, no, them not that, you know. No, that no work. For their interest and not necessarily for the other person's interest. And so in stepping in in that way you now as an artist, I've had to take that on for myself to right. say, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not singing that. That's not in my repertoire. I'm very sorry. And also know too, I'm going to lose some shows. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose some people. By being uncompromising. By being uncompromising and saying, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm not doing that. Yes. No, I'm not going to take that on. And I have been told to my face, what are you saying? This is, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Thank you for the opportunity. But I don't think we'll be able to engage. Mm. I'm not going to be doing that with you. Because I've had those journeys where I've compromised and I've gone to a set, I've gone to a show and I'm up there and I, co I felt completely mismanaged. And I was like, you know better. Yeah. Little girl on the veranda is disappointed in you because she knows you know better. Absolutely. Why didn't you speak up at that time? Why are you up here struggling trying to fit into something that you know you hmm. don't want to fit into? But yet here we are. We're both uncomfortable. Little girl on the veranda. And, and big, big you yes. up here so then, um, Absolutely. why did I do that? How did you not become a statistic? You know, whenever yeah. we hear about certain, certain inner cities, certain volatile areas, areas yeah. I mean, marginalized areas. I mean, there's so many different ways that they're, they're labeled or described. Typically, they say that the girls, you know, them not gonna finish school, them gonna carry yeah, belly, them gonna yeah. have far to picnic by the time they're 18. <laughs> you know the statistic. And yes. it isn't that it isn't that it's wrong because mm -hmm. we know no, the elements. There, there are truths to it. We know that the socioeconomic situations, yeah. We know increases that our vulnerability. Absolutely. Yeah. And we know amongst girls, the numbers, the are, numbers even are higher. Even higher. Yeah. How is it that you managed? So, and, and if there are areas where you say, boy, that did catch me still. Mm -hmm. But how were you able to, to dodge that? To dodge oh. being that statistic that everyone always I'm smiling because I can tell you right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Oh, say, Talk to me about her. She was fierce about what she wanted for us. I mean, I'm not kidding. Now is my best relationship as big people. Yes, with adult relationship, makes sense. But I was a terror to her. Mm. And I remember after Rising Stars, I fell down crying because I now understood what the protection from my mother meant. Yeah, my, my mother don't have to worry people, man, in a wholesale. And I met them, know, so she come through the fence, by you. what do you, call me that name one more time. One more time if you feel like you're bad. Yeah, man, in a taxi, I met the taxi man, know, say, hey, pull over, you know, my daughter, you just start about, you know, I'm not take a taxi again. I tell you, all I have enough to take a taxi, because your cross is. That protection was my mother saying, you are not going to become what happened to me. Mm. And I never understood until I got old and had my son myself. Because even when I got pregnant at 21, my mother was most upset. Because the journey she wanted for us was not to mirror anything of what she experienced growing up in Arnett Gardens. Yeah. And she was fierce about how she positioned herself as a protective force for us. Hmm. So in terms of understanding education was the key 
She was not the most educated. She never finished school, finished. She left in eighth grade. My mother that asked about homework, like she thinking she know why. And I went me big, me realized that she never know. She didn't ask me about it. I said, when did they ask me about them literature book? They really and truly never know. And you asked me about essay and sitting. You never... She never knew, but she knew and she would never miss the parent-teacher's meeting. If it even meant that she had to go to the hospital as a janitor at that time and beg the sister time that sometimes was mean to her because she had to come up her daughter's school. Mm-hmm. Because she wanted me to know that she did it. Mm-hmm. So I never, I always knew that I had that person in the background. Yeah. That, that. I, warrior. Warrior. Hell are come high. I, and I, I got a prize when I was graduating for never being absent. All when Rina fall, my mother should be out. Go on with the umbrella. Go stick up at the school. Yeah, man. Them have nurse and doctor. No, no, no. The jungle. Where are you staying? Yes, for the sickness. Go up there. Them send you got the nurse and the oh. clinic. I never missed a day because she was adamant that we were supposed to outdo everything Everybody. that our family had gone through. Did the environment appreciate that? No. Cause we did uppity, we did enough for mother going like we're better than people. She going like that. But I know that's why I protect her the way I do now. Mm-hmm. Because I knew what she had to face to cover us. And I'm fiercely protective about her because I recognize what she gave up to be fiercely yes. protective of us. People never talked to her. She must have felt isolated as a, as a single mother in the community. I raised six kids. How, must, how would she have been coping when her friendship circle was so narrow yeah. because she was so involved in her children's life and wanting to see the very best for us? But let me ask you this. Yeah. There comes a point in time when you know this. You cherish this. You appreciate it. Yeah. Even though at that moment, you're probably like, my mother nagging no, and yeah, she's man, strict. No, man. And me did have a right. Yeah. No, I don't know what I'm about. I said, lady miserable. Of course. Miss who keeps you f- miserable. Of love. course. Your friend's playing. Maybe you yep. can't yep. play. No, you can. Go Pick up love. your book. Pick mm-hmm. up your book. And so there is that. But then there is getting older. You start to hit your teenage years. Yeah. And, you know, there's some guests who've spoken about it. You get to high school. And there is this, there's this sense of wanting to figure out how to fit in yeah it's a you're trying to figure out who you are but until you figure out who you are it just it's so much easier to fit in mm-hmm. to go with the status quo go with the flow to not be the yeah, other do, yeah, or the, be, but let me stop here me was always the other really stay there so me was always the little one way over that side to herself me love me to sit down and stare through the window come here dream big and remember some me i think about grammy and billboard and the rest of the class i think for turn doctor and nurse and liar and me through the window the pan i said i said the class and i don't know so i was all I was always on the outskirts mm. of the social status mm. because I was very aware that I did not fit in. My thoughts were different. What I cared for was different. What grabbed my interest was different. So I'm around, you know, but I'm not really off, you know. Right. I was very aware from when I was young. Even growing up in Arnett Gardens, I never quite fit in. Mm-hmm. Because me never really, I go go with the rest of people, not necessarily because of my mom and I realized this as I got older, but I always had a clear sense that there was something more for me to do. Yeah. That there's a more, my, my sister call it mority. There's a mority on your life. There's something that pushes you to think different and do things different and look at life with a different lens. So even though I grew up in Arnett Gardens, I always knew that there was a measure on me that was a little bit more. Was there ever something that took place where you, this, this, this lioness, this fire that you have inside, yeah. even understanding that you are an other and understanding that this won't suit everyone's taste. I won't be everyone's mm-hmm. cup of tea. Was there ever something along your journey that, that broke you or almost broke yes. you that had to bring you back? 
Yeah, man. <laughs> Whoa, Nikki says, like, love things. Which one you want? Which one you want? I remember being in a relationship, my mm-hmm. son's father, and wanting to, and I'm going to use the word, and I'm going to be brutally honest, wanting to be his. Mm. Because I never grew up with that sense that I was any... But is I didn't have my father in my life in that when my brothers were there, but they, because they passed away, had that clear issue of not always having that male protection. Yes. So when he loved upon me in that way, I latched on with such fierce loyalty again because I wanted that. I never had that growing up. And that allowed me that belonging. Anything that was required of me to stay in that, I did. Hmm. So that's why I'm about to laugh. Can I say, yeah, man, I did have a yamed spell. <laughs> Good and clean. When I sit down for my yam kingdom to myself, I know me a yamed, you know. I just accept my yam dumb. I'm not about to fight nobody over fight. My mother says me a yam. My sister says me a yam. I'm just a yam ago. So I, I allowed myself to accept everything that he brought to me. Mm-hmm. So there were issues with the law. I accepted. Hmm. There were issues where my character was, I questioned who I was. Hmm. There was about a five to 10 year spell where I did not know where I was. And even now when I try to recollect because I've gone through therapy to address that issue because that has impacted me in a way where I needed to understand it to better raise my son. Hmm. I know that that girl was trying to find daddy, was trying to find her brothers who had passed was trying to find cousins who had passed. Because I have that male line in me, I couldn't, for the love of God, understand why am I so protective? Yeah. We've had a session and my therapist asked me to fall. He labeled the walls, Im- um, intimacy and all of those fabulous things. Those are the things that a nurturer would know me over the side of the man named there. Provision, protection, coverage. I literally couldn't see myself hmm. With the nurturing, I was like, nah, those are weaknesses. Because I need to be at the side that gives me the freedom to take care of everybody. Yeah. But that girl on the veranda was suffering because of that. Hmm. Because I'd completely missed that part of myself as a woman that needed to recognize that the nurturing comes from me for me. So while I'm busy protecting and providing and keeping everybody and doing all those things, I was never nurturing me. And that's why in that relationship, I expected him to nurture me. Hmm. And that's why I allowed that everything that he did, I accepted because I was holding on to somebody else to nurture me rather than me. And so everything that happened, I cannot sit and say he was completely responsible. I accepted all that he did to me. And if I had not learned to say to self, you played a part in that. You stayed what made you stay? Because you have to heal that in order not to attract that to you again. <laughs> Amen. And the work is still ongoing. So that little girl on the veranda is a constant reminder that the expectation for nurturing should come from me. Hence the, the, the selfish and intentional look at self-care. Yeah. And ensuring that I take care of me. And I've started to know that guilt that used to come with wanting to do something for myself. But I would take everybody got a hotel in, but it's if me for do nothing for me and spend on a you. massage and spend if me for go down a town and say I'm in I have to buy with a purpose. For me. There has to be a reason. There has to be, me need a shoes because me have this a happen and that a happen and that they happen. But to treat yourself or give but yourself. But to just give myself I mean I have no reason at all. It's guilt and everything comes in and I go, oh my God, but they had needed this and I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So it has become a journey for me. 
to release that side of myself that says, I am not the end all and be all it for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to take care of me Absolutely. selfishly. What was it? What was it that happened? Mm-hmm. What was the trigger? What was the catalyst yeah. that made you say, this is no longer healthy for me. Yeah. I no longer want this. Mm-hmm. This no longer serves me. Yeah. This still feels good because I'm familiar with this. This is yeah. still comfort to me. This yeah. is still familiar to me. But I cannot continue like this anymore. How, when did you arrive at that decision? I think it's, it was coming out of the relationship with my son's father. Mm-hmm. It was a bitter end because I realized I deserved me. Mm. I didn't, she didn't need to be with anybody else to be loved. She didn't need to be with anybody else to feel taken care of and protected. And it came with me recognizing that, that what I had accepted and allowed myself to be in for 10 years were never serving that little girl on the veranda. Mm. In fact, she had gotten lost. I couldn't find her. I couldn't find that dreamer. I couldn't find that big thinker. I couldn't find that girl that thought she would travel the world mm-hmm. and come back and, and be ready to help people in art. I, didn't, I couldn't see her, Terry. Like, I couldn't see that girl, and it broke me. And I remember one day lying on the ground. Don't laugh off of me. I've shared this with my church. I had a bottle of pills in my hand. I was ready to give up. Mm-hmm. And I was laying there, and I said, it's time. Ooh. said it's time and you were a mother at the time and as a mommy how old was he my son was about seven Mm. and i said i'm not helping anybody i can't take care of my family i never felt more like a loser at that point because my giving back was a key part to show that i'd overcome and here i was that you had value and have value and i wasn't able to do that for my family we were going through a rough time and I couldn't see myself. And I couldn't find that little girl on the veranda. That little girl that was always present to say, hey, we can do this. Shake it off, man. Come on, we're a warrior. I couldn't find her. And here I had this other person telling me, of how, oh, I wasn't good. And I started to receive all of those darkness onto myself. And there I was laying down. And don't laugh. I was fully naked. Because I wanted to see me. All the ugly things that people are saying, I needed to see it. Like, this not look good for you, that not look good for you. I took off my clothes and I started to look at it. And I was ready to do as It was done time. And right where I was, I said, don't laugh. This is what stopped me. So when you do this now, we're going to take care of your Hi. I put up the buckle. I put it back in the medicine cabinet. And I said, look here, if you think him not have the best life, I lie, you not tell him yeah. going to have the best life. And yeah. if I'm here for push through, I'm going to push through. <laughs> and I said, I need help. I Wait. laid there and I said, I need, I need to talk to somebody. And Who it can't be. Who did you? I Where did you started, go? I went to one of my church sisters and she started to pray. I didn't even tell her anything. She just started to pray in tongues and started to pray for my mind. Because <laughs> at the time I had money. But in my mind, me just a loser. In my mind, me just now gone away. And she started to pray for me. Started to cover my mind. Started to speak love into my heart. And I said, girl, get up. 
you deserve happiness yes. and not the one where you put on. Yes. But the one the way you used to have where you're up on the veranda where it's a come for your toe pint or your kilo over and drop off of the chair. You deserve that. What was his problem? I mean, we know that he had a problem with yeah. himself naturally. But we also know that um, big dreamers, yeah. women, uh, girls who become women who are big dreamers, outspoken, go-getters. Um. I was no longer the quiet one in the relationship. Mm. And I started to take care of me outside of him. So the, the things I wanted and worked for, I would bite, like, get it. I would take care of my son without asking for help. That's a problem. So now it's a problem because I'm no longer waiting on you to do anything. I'm doing it on my own. I think for him, it became something where the shift had happened where I'm equal to you financially, I can do these things without you. I, I'm paying, I, I didn't even pay for a car, I bought a car. Mm -hmm. So that threw off everything because you were not a part of that journey. I found the car myself, did all the background work and just come and you saw the car. I was like, where you get that from? I was like, I saw it, I liked it, I followed up and I got it. Yeah. So those things started to happen and then he was not familiar with the space of entertainment. And how I was moving through entertainment was very scary to him. People I started to meet and greet was outside of his control. It's a threat. Yeah. And my language started to shift. Hmm. Because I now said I wanted to learn as much about entertainment and I want to, I want to present for me. I want to be able to go in a room and have conversations with the people I actually want to do business with in a way that says I'm ready. Hmm. And so I started to read. I started to invest in myself. I started to do courses and that threw off the, the relationship. Because Did your son ever see the difference? Has he son, ever? Yeah. And has he ever? Because I, and the reason why I ask this is because a lot of the times people stay in relationships that are absolutely toxic because they're doing it for the children. And I keep on explaining that children are some of the most... They're aware. They're so aware. They process. Yes. They know what's going on. They feel what's they going feel on. They feel it. Um, and a lot of the times, they, they feel helpless. Yes. And I want to know if he was very aware of the, moment that you, the moments and the times and the years that you were lost versus the times where when you found yourself and you decided to Simero bet Bali on the girl. Again. Yeah, bet on the girl who, <laughs> who wants to live. So, yes, he did. And I think that was where I got the courage to stay away. Because enough time we break up, I'm going to go back. But when my son said to me, Mommy, you're happy. <sighs> Terry, I tell you, me I, me ball, I hugged him up. I hugged. And listen, the man like I've already account them, but I never had five cents. So people don't fix on themselves. I never had five cents. Talk, talk to us about I, that. Talk to I us about that. I put all my money together with his money. So he was in charge of our monies. So when I decided I'm not coming back, I'm not going along on a journey with you. That makes me not aware of me. I don't see me when I'm with you. And I don't want to keep going down that road. He took your money. He shut down everything. I was so happy. I was like, God, thank you. Thank you. Explain that to me. So Ex I, yeah, explain my, I everything. <laughs> explain. Because I know some people might be watching going, no, 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 backtrack, backtrack. Because yeah, after man. I work hard, yeah, I man. put he money took, in my account and this is my down, emergency funds. He shut down everything. I literally had to wait on my next paycheck. But I never felt freer waiting on that paycheck in my life. 
Were you scared? No. Were you, you were not worried? No, mommy, happy. I was so It was, my mother had said, you need to leave. My brothers had said, you need to leave. When I made up my mind to leave, there was no going back. Mm -hmm. This was not any fight we had had, any issue we had had. This was me going, I need to find back that girl on the veranda. Mm -hmm. Because she loves me. You don't. And talk to me about yeah. um, women who are in um, relationships, uh, abusive. And I'm not, of course, alluding to the fact or saying that he was abusive to you. No, no, but no, there's he mental. Was. He was. There's nothing to hide. He was. It was physically abusive, economically abusive, emotionally abusive. Hmm. And I had to learn that there was something in me that accepted that because something in me was saying I deserve that. So I had to fix that on my own. And what, is the, and what are the people on the outside missing? Whenever we see conversations like this come yeah. up, when we see women who unfortunately have died by the hands of, of their lovers and their partners, their spouses, and we ask, why them never leave? Why I, them stay? I hear that all why, the time. You know, so wham twar. Wham twar. Help, help me also and help my viewers to also mm -hmm. understand even what we can do and how we can be more mindful yeah. of how we look at... Um, at those persons. persons i'm grateful for my mother my brothers they love me stubbornly even though i made the decision to stay in that situation i knew i had them mm -hmm. and because i knew i had them i could always come out of it but something in me was saying nobody's gonna love you beyond him and i told us a, a sister of mine this he was never emotionally abusive when we were angry it was when we had so the abuse was twofold in mm -hmm. that way. When we were good, that's when I heard that I did I wasn't as beautiful as I thought. When he was my best friend, I your best friend I gave you advice. Yeah man, when I was when we had peace, when we were going out on dates, don't wear that because your belly not flattened, I remember you have stretch mark. Jesus. So my best friend, when we after a couple of months of not having any physical anything, years of not having physical anything, I'm being fed that. Remember, your t nobody had a bag of smiling and laughing because remember your teeth them want to fix. Yeah, man, that's the person who loves me and is with me every day. I'm laying in the bed with you every night. Yeah, man. And you know, no cut off your ear, none at all, and come remember your face big. So you know, look at me now with a big bald head. And nobody smile like and you. Nobody smile like me because I've fallen in love with my face. Amen. I took the hair off so I could meet her. That girl on the veranda, I'm going to go back for her. Mm -hmm. I said, here I am. And it was during that time that I realized that the physical stuff was a built on to those moments of pulling away at my self-esteem. Yes. Pulling away at my confidence. Pulling away at my dreams. My big dreams. Telling that little girl on the veranda that she's never going to make it. Mm. No matter what you're singing. Make sure you're going to do the nine to five. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to know what you're singing. And I believed. And so for two or three years I didn't sing. Because I actually believed that I was no good. And that didn't make no sense coming out of a bus. But I knew I wasn't doing it for the bus. Mm -hmm. I actually love that stage. That mic in my hand. That says women like me will have a voice. That little girl on the veranda. She will shift things. And she has a place. And she has a... Her voice belongs somewhere. How did that help you yeah. to parent your son? Wow. It has been absolutely incredible. That kid saved me. Mm. 
with his little face and a little smile. For every time I went home and he was excited to have me there and he wanted to know about what was happening at the studio and he was excited to find out what that rehearsal was like and he wanted to be present in the room when me I rehearse even though I'm tired and he want to sleep. <laughs> he saved me. And I won't ever forget, even now as a grown man, mm-hmm. how he looks out for mommy. Yeah. And he is so certain that I'm amazing. I'm like, I don't know where you get that from. But he would say to me, I see what you've gone through. I know you don't think I saw it, but I did. I saw you struggling. Yeah, man, I saw you struggling. And even when you were doing your masters, I saw it. I saw how determined you were to shift your life. Mm -hmm. And I saw when you were scared, even though you think me never knew. I saw you crying. When you had a study and you feel like you're not a member of the things. I saw you. But then I also saw the woman who graduated. Oof! And on that note, and on, and, yeah. and on that note, what is one of those moments that you've experienced in this life that is a priceless moment? It's one of those life experiences <laughs> that's like one of the most meaningful ones you've experienced so far. One, seeing my son graduate. Mm. Because God showed me before. So when I saw it, I was like, God, you're such a purposeful, you're purposeful. Because you showed me this when I was unsure of me as a parent. You showed me that all I've been fighting for was him. And that's why I stayed in the relationship so long. Mm -hmm. And you broke it off of me by giving me a glimpse of what the future looked like. You never give me too much. You gave me a glimpse that even if you're not with this man, he's going to graduate. Even if you're not in this situation, he's going to be all right. Release yourself. Hmm. And it was at that point where... When he crossed the stage, I went, Cooler, man. God, you're awesome. Cooler, man. And in the same way I saw it in the vision that he crossed that stage. And I was convicted. And you tell me how you felt when you crossed the virtual stage. stage. Because I believe, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I remember on Instagram, I think it was during the pandemic. Yes. It was the year, you know, and I feel so bad for graduates who did the work and then <laughs> you, you didn't get the ceremonial Monial graduation, graduation like yeah. so many people. But just very quickly, tell me about how you felt now adding to not just being a musician, an entertainer, yeah, yeah. a songwriter, but now adding and, and, the, and what it is, the career choice. Yeah. Talk to me about that. So public health... I don't, I fell into public health. Mm-hmm. Fell into public health out of needing to get a job, needing something to do, and this is about 20 years ago. Fell into public health as just something that your family say must have something stable, go on to something stable because you have your degree now, you the music all right, but go on, get, go, on, go on count your coins then. Right. But God is masterful and strategic. I fell into the thing that made me fall in love with the thing that made me go and do a master's because I never saw myself anywhere in that spectrum. Right. So seeing that virtual crossing was all the years of being in public health and just saying, I'm just doing this to do this, to get my boss in the music and not realizing that no. There's and purpose. There's purpose. And understanding too, and having to frame for my son that the job you do is not your career. Hmm. It's an activity on your career path. I'm an empath and an advocate. That's my career. 
I can have several activities along that line that allows me to advocate, that allows me to be an empath and give back. And it could be music. Yes. It could be my work in public health as a public health specialist. It could be as a mentor. Yes. It could be as a life coach. Those are the things that allows me to be an empath, to be an advocate. And that's my career. And I recognize that we don't sow that into our children because we're lining them up for a job. Right. We're lining them up for one thing, not realizing, no, that's why God has given you multiple talents because he knows your career will have several activities on it and they're all transferable and they're all transferable so you don't have to be this one single thing forever that kingdom come no 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 you're allowed to be a public health specialist and a musician absolutely you're you can do to both. go and write you your can book. do both yes ma'am you're yes, allowed ma'am. to go and be a speaker on international stages and you're allowed all of it hmm. because your career path will allow all of it abundance uh my final question to you although i think you might have answered it a while ago but i'm going to give you the the opportunity to 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 attempt it so after all you've experienced and there's so much that we have not gone into in terms of just being able to figure out relationships working in in spaces co-workers the death of your brothers there's just so many areas but i know that your life has been like this and who yeah. we see <laughs> and then Nikisha Barnes who shows up and just completely thrills an audience has been through a lot how do you define redirection in your words and mm-hmm. through your lens I think for me redirection is understanding that you are not here for one thing that your purpose is bigger and if you if it doesn't scare you that purpose then you haven't been redirected mm-hmm. because in my lifetime i actually thought i'm just a musician i'm going to be a producer and that's it i've been positioned in so many rooms where it wasn't music that placed me there that allowed me to have conversations that didn't mushroom from music that i understand know that your path god will You'll be on a road, there are several slip paths, but you're not focused on the slip paths because in your mind you have already had a plan of where you're heading. Main road. And God will turn you off onto that slip path because there's something that you need to learn that will reconnect you on the road down the head, that the journeys you have gone through will all come together and you'll understand it better. So I understand why I'm in music because when I'm on stage, just an opportunity to talk to some souls who have been hurt to talk to some women who have never seen themselves as more than what they're in, probably a relationship, to talk to some young people about understanding that you are not meant to just be there. Mm. That little girl on the veranda, you're not just meant to be on the veranda, so don't stop dreaming. Amen. There is more for you. Keep dreaming because when you dream, you help me to take those dreams further. So for me, redirection is understanding that your path is wide understanding that nothing that happens to you is without intention no matter how bad it is because i've had some bad blows but take those lessons from it and i know too that if you stay in that dark place it's hard to come out because i've been in some dark places where i've given up but know that the persons who stubbornly love you will come and get you Stay around people who stubbornly love you, even though it may be uncomfortable because they ask you to look into yourself for those redirected opportunities. Yes. So like my mother has been one who has always said to me, there's more. So when she asked me that, it challenges me to say, what more do I have in me? Mm-hmm. Is there an author inside of me that needs to advocate in a book to some people? I think so. Are there some opportunities for you to go and speak to some souls on some platforms? And even using my 
my social media platform, I was very afraid of social media because, again, of that lady who met me on the newspaper and decided to tear into me. I was like, these people don't know me. They're going to start talking about me. But then to say to myself, yeah, they will or they won't. But I know what I'm going on it for. And if I remain purposeful on what my intentions are, then you can come with all you want to come with and I can just move you out the way because my intention is in my focus. And to keep moving. And to keep moving. Thank you. So that's redirection. Thank you, my darling. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for always me. being just so open and just so vulnerable and willing to share your story. Um, I never tire of seeing you perform. Thank I never you. tire of, of seeing you minister because I think that's what you do more than just sing. I think you thank minister you. whenever you, you're on the stage. And I just want to thank you yeah. that you have decided to, to tell the girl on the veranda that she deserves everything good. Yes. And to allow her to enjoy what life has yes. in store yes. for her. You know what I yes. mean? Um, guys, that was Nikisha Barron. I, I, I don't know if you were as wrapped as I was, but certainly if there was anything that resonated the most with you, um, a takeaway, something that was very relatable, let us know. We value your feedback. So you can go ahead, if you're watching the podcast, you can go ahead, uh, you can like, you can subscribe, you can get in the comments. Or if you're listening, maybe you're, you're in a car or maybe you're cleaning, you're not really watching us, please go ahead, leave your reviews, leave your ratings. And it's always a pleasure having you. Thank you so very much for watching and for making it the Redirection with Terry Kerr podcast. Thanks to our partners, MasterCard, Heineken 00, Toyota Jamaica, Spaces, Commercial Concepts, Bresche, Beauty Brands by MDS, and Go Shore Courier.